Well, hey, 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 everybody, we are back. I know it's been a while. I know it's been a while, but blame him. But we're back today with Season 5, Episode 5, coming at you again with another banger with the takeover hosted by your boy Marcellus. And as usual, I'm sitting here with my co-host. Justice. Now, listen to me. I know I seem like I'm out of it right now. I'm not drunk and I'm not high, but I am high. High on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise <laughs> hey, the Lord. Can't beat that. You cannot beat that. I tell you what, Justice, we got a um, real interesting show for everybody today. We, I mean, you and I are just really going to have a conversation like we've we've been doing. It's, it's going to be a little less of an interview, per se, but us really talking about a topic that, that I think might take people a little bit uh, by surprise with the angle that we uh, take it from. Um, But as usual, we want to say this. And again, this disclaimer is only because we don't want you to get mad at nobody else if we say something that you don't like. So again, my thoughts are my thoughts. His thoughts are his thoughts. Together are our thoughts. And they're not necessarily indicative of the thoughts of anybody else, unless we attribute it to them. But not Kingdom Heaven Ministries, not Pastor Brown, Lady Francis Brown, or anybody else. If we, don't, if we say something that you don't like, it's okay to let us know. And uh, we can deal with that accordingly. But, Justice, I want to get back so we can get in, in mind of where we're going to starting out with a little word. Amen. You know what? And, and, and honestly, with a show like today's show, where in the world can you get a scripture that makes sense? And we found it. Mm. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 19 through 20. And it says in 19, and listen, t- pay close attention to this, all right? 19 says, it is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Mm. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And that might just be my problem, man. I must be associated <laughs> with some fools. That's why I can get in trouble. <laughs> i tell you what, Justice, that passage of Scripture is so much deeper than it even seems, and it just flows right into our, our topic of today. But, man, you can get yourself into some real issues um, doing whatever we talked about last time winning at all costs so this is kind of the same mm-hmm. idea right yep. going after those dreams at all costs well that cost is it might make you a fool if you refuse to turn away from the evil on your way to get there right so i'm telling y'all we we about to we're about to dig into something and we're gonna we're gonna look at a later on we're gonna look at a biblical account that maybe we haven't looked at in a certain way before uh, i know i hadn't but uh wow you know when we do Y'all just make sure y'all like and share. Matter of fact, take the time out to hit that like button real quick. And, and, and uh, you know, it don't cost you anything. And then you can share the video later. But go ahead and, and slap that thumbs up right now. Let us know that you're out there watching this video. And for those of you on Spotify, we appreciate you tuning in uh, to our new channel on Spotify. And, and uh, let everybody know that the content that you're getting here is top notch. But, Justice, we're going to be talking about a... Uh, a few things um, today. I already mentioned that we're going to talk about that biblical account and maybe a different way um, than we have before. But what what else are we going to talk about? Well, you know, we hear people talking about chasing their dreams a lot in the world today. But is that what we should be doing, though? Today, we're going to talk about a particular account in the Bible that for a long time, I believe many, you know, including us right here, looked at the wrong way. What is the difference between purpose and dreams? Mm. And is being a dreamer a bad thing? Ooh, wee. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's, that's deep. You know what? Before we go uh, mm-hmm. much further, yes. Before we go much further, I want to um, answer some of the questions that you asked, just that, particularly that last question. We talked about being a dreamer being a bad thing, and, and we don't. We're not here to suggest that we shouldn't dream and we shouldn't dream big because we should. But being a dreamer without proper perspective 
can really uh, get you into trouble. And we want to make sure that we, we, we get into what dreams are because they're wonderful. They are wonderful things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Pastor Brown had a, a really unique definition for dreams, Justice. What was it? Well, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yep. Kingdom dreams are descriptive reflections. Eternity allows to motivate success. Let me read that again. Please. For people in the back. Kingdom dreams are descriptive reflections. Eternity allows to motivate success. That is very interesting. Because, you know, we, we hear a lot about in the science world of dreams. We don't understand where dreams come from. We don't understand where they come from. But here it specifically says, reflections eternally allows to motivate our success. Mm. Success. Now, do you think here... Do you think here, Justice, that we're only talking about dreams that we have at night? Or are we talking about daydreams? Are we talking about our dreams that we're consciously um, hoping for in the future? What do you what do you think? Honestly, though, this I think this applies to um, all dreams. Mm. But I think more specifically, like what you just said, you know, uh, what we aspire to do, what we aspire to be. Um, you know, how we want to live our lives. And that really, you know, is is um, prevalent in the definition mm-hmm. of kingdom dreams. Kingdom dreams are the professions, pictures, and passion required to encourage, illustrate, initiate, and sustain activity for the expansion and advancement of the kingdom of God and for experiencing the enjoyment of a kingdom lifestyle. Mm. Required to encourage, illustrate, initiate, and sustain the activity, what in the world are they talking about for the expansion? So you telling me that if we don't dream, the expansion and advancement of the kingdom of God is in jeopardy. It's going to be hindered, okay. right? Because because think about it like this. Uh, you remember when Pastor, a long time ago, Pastor taught a message. You were a wee lad. Um, he taught a message about the simulator. I actually remember that. And he had this. <laughs> he had this. He had this big. Uh, Looked like a teleportation right. <laughs> cylinder on the they stage. Let me go in it. And um, on the pulpit, and and I remember we did a skit where um, I played a drug dealer, and yeah, uh, in that in that particular um, skit, and you know I had went to the to the pimp and 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 got one of his mm-hmm. prostitutes, and you know we wanted to, wanted to do some drugs with her and then whatever else to her, but she was. Oh, getting ready to go into that simulator and dream about. She had dreams of doing something mm-hmm. different, and that simulator, just as what you said in that, in that that simulator of our mind. Inside of that is those things that in, encourage, illustrate, illustrate, initiate, and sustain activity, right? Because we can see things in our mind before they we see them in reality. Right. Right. So that's similar. She could see in that in that skit, she saw herself a different person. Mm -hmm. I saw her in that skit as what she was. She was a prostitute. I saw her as that. She didn't see herself as that anymore. So she went into that that simulator of her mind and she came out a new person, had given herself um, to God. And that's what dreams can do for us. Our, Our mind can stimulate those dreams. But the reason why I asked you earlier, Justice, about it, did you think it meant just the dreams we have at night. Because I don't remember a lot of my dreams. Mm-hmm. It's very rare for me to actually remember what I dreamed about the night before. Which is, is interesting to me. And I've been like that a long time. So if I do remember, it must it really stuck with me. Like it was really a, some type of powerful. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's because I just don't sleep a lot in general. Or what. That probably has something to but do with But I really have a hard time remembering those dreams but i don't have a hard time remembering those things that i've simulated in my mind that i would like for my future or something like that but just as there's a statement on this that pastor put and i think it's very important um on this uh, this uh, description of dreams he says stagnation is the result of prevention and suppression of dream assimilation and implementation. Now we know pastors very alliterative, but what he's saying there is when you 
stop dreaming or when you suppress those dreams, right. you end up getting stale mm-hmm. and you end up getting stuck in stuck in the spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he referenced Proverbs 13 and 12. And, and, I, and I looked it up yes, <laughs> and it said, hope deferred makes a heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. And so that's why, folks, we want to make it very clear, uh, Justice, that we're not saying it's bad to dream. Uh, we, we, we're, we're sitting here in Black History Month, right? And we all know one of the most famous speeches was about a dream. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't. I don't believe, Justin, you tell me what you think. I don't believe that was a dream he had when he was asleep at night. I think that was a dream he had in his simulator of his mind. And he had, uh, uh, um, I believe the Holy Spirit himself put that dream in his mind about what he saw our future to be. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, you know, he might have had a dream about, about what he spoke about. But I, I, I think it's more of what you said. You know, he... He um, eternity allowed him to see a reflection of what what a uh, success to him looked like to me. You know what I mean? It's like okay, here is what you are fighting for. Here is here is the end result. This is what honestly, I mean, that might have just uh, might have just been that was what God wanted to see was everybody getting along, everybody getting together. So uh, I think. Um, I think you're right. You know, he, the Holy Spirit had to drop that in. And I don't think, you know, it was, it was hard for him to accept that either. Even if the Holy, I mean, you know. But what, based on the scripture I just read about hope deferred, make a heart sick. Why do you think, I, and I'm just, this is coming to me. Do you think that's why maybe in some of his speeches, uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. seemed a little tormented in a way by those dreams because he knew that there was a possibility and he said it and I've been to the in the speech I've been to the mountaintop that he knew there was a possibility he wouldn't get there mm-hmm. so it wasn't his dream wasn't being fulfilled in that moment right in 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 light of that scripture what how do you think that made him how that affected him I think this goes back to cuz I remember my poppy talking about this a while ago he's he's like you know I might not I might not get there with you, but the whole point is that you need to get there. We need to get there, you know? And, you know, I could understand that he might feel a little tormented because he was, he was doing a lot. He was fighting a lot. And he, he was marching. He you know, went to jail a couple of times, you know? Um, so I, I could understand the, the torment, but um, obviously he understand understood the second part of that scripture but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life Mm. you know what i mean so yeah i i can understand um i don't expect any normal human being to feel excited that i am showing you a dream of what i believe the future looks like and i'm not going to get there with you right but but like you said he might he he probably had as a reverend he probably had a good understanding of that scripture because we look at a tree of life as an eternal thing Right. Mm-hmm. If we go, go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And so he may have understood, hey, I might not get fulfillment on earth here. But when that dream is fulfilled, oh, it's going to be an eternal blessing for for all those right. who, who see it. Right. And, you know, uh, we understand that we're still fighting for that dream today. Um, and it's we've come again. We we talked about this before, but we know there's a duality here. We've come a long way, but we got a long way to go still. So um, that's that's another subject for a different uh, show. But since this is Black History Month, um, we want to talk about those dreams. And you know what, Justice, that reminded me of one of my favorite, I say that all the time when I talk about poetry. Yes, <laughs> but uh, this is one of my favorite poems. It's short, um, and it's very, it makes you think. And I want I want to recite this for you. And I want you to tell me how it strikes you. Okay. And, and, and it's Harlem. That's the name, official name. But we, most of us know it by a dream deferred uh, by the, the, the late great poet Langston Hughes. And he says, what happens to a dream deferred? 
does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? So, Justice, what do you think um, Brother Langston was saying here about a dream deferred? Or what, better yet, what do you think he, what do you think the answer to the question he asked initially was, what happens to a dream deferred? Well, I think he's kind of like me in the sense that he doesn't know. Mm. And I don't know either. <laughs> but, um, you know, what did it say in, in Proverbs thirteen twelve? Maybe David knows. It was either David or Solomon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when you put off a dream, you know, what are you doing? What what's, It doesn't come to pass if you put it off. But think about that in light of that scripture you just said. So maybe Langston Hughes has some some insight to this scripture because he's saying, uh, maybe he's describing how your heart could be sick, right? Or comparing it to different foods. Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? You know, a raisin used to be a juicy grape, right? And as it dries, it turns into a raisin. But then if you dry a raisin too much in the sun, then it's useless at that point. It's going to be a little pebble. Mm. Uh, does it fester like a sore? We get a sore in our body. Does it, does it not heal when you have a dream that's not, does it bother you? And it becomes a nuisance when it's, when it's deferred. And then does it ooze uh, from it? Or does it, does it get like meat that's left out and start to stink because it's not used for its proper purpose and it's not nurtured, it's not taken care of? Or does it crust over like a sweet? So we're talking about a, something sugary that's left out. And, you know, something sugary, when you leave it out um, exposed, it kind of gets this, this sugar-like crust over the top, over, over the top of it. And then it uh, kind of hardens and it's, you know, you don't want to eat it after that. And then it, he concludes by saying, maybe it just maybe it just weighs on you. Who wants to carry around a heavy load of a dream that goes unfulfilled? And, and then he, he ends by saying, does it just explode? Does it just get blown up? Do you just say, forget it? Do you just say, I don't have that dream anymore? Right? And this is what, why we wanted to, let everybody know in this today that we have to be careful justice in just chasing dreams at all costs because what if you chasing that dream at all costs and then it explodes now what you know what i'm saying and sometimes some people don't recover from that some people have a hard time uh living through that you know we hear about that all the time in society chasing your dreams that's what follow your dreams chase your dreams and I'm not saying that's necessarily inherently wrong, but there's a way that we have to do it. And I remember, you might not remember this, but everybody was putting dream catchers in their cars, hanging them from the rear view men window, putting them in their homes. But what happens if you chase a dream just as then you don't catch it? Mm. What if that dream catcher miss? You got a hole in your dream catcher. Mm. Do you that's yeah. what I that's what I believe Langston Hughes was was talking about. Or better yet, what if you have to act immorally to get that dream? What if your dream is to have a lot of money, Justice? What if your dream is to be rich beyond measure, but you sold drugs to do it? Is that still a dream that you should be chasing? <laughs> In that manner? No. In that manner? Nope. I guess this is what I'm saying. Like, why we have to be careful chasing our dream? Because are you going to be like a squirrel? That's going everywhere, trying to chase the next dream, chase the next dream. And it's all good to want to be an entrepreneur, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And become wealthy being an entrepreneur. But working a nine to five don't make you weak. It makes you responsible, right? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to be responsible and work your way to potentially that entrepreneurship dream, right? That's It, it might not just come overnight. So... You, do you change the chase up when you dream about something different, Justice? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I think, you know, we got to 
All of us, though, including me. You know, there's some dreams that I have that I'm not going to give up on that might not be in my... I don't know how to say this. That might not be right in front of me at that moment, mm -hmm. but I'm still getting there. But I have another dream right in front of me getting there. So, you know what I mean? It's like a straight and narrow instead of, you know, going all over the place. That's interesting. So you think your dreams are linear? Yeah. But what if you reach that dream that's out there before you reach the one that's up here? I mean, that's fine. You just pull it ahead? Yeah, just come on. Come up here. <laughs> hey, we all good here. Come here, but buddy. Honestly, though, um, we talk about dreams and, you know, God's purpose for you might be that that dream comes up right then and there. Hmm. So, um, I mean, we're talking about chasing dreams. How do you how do you feel about since you want to put me on the spot? Why not put why do you feel about chasing dreams? Well, you know what? I think just as you opened up, you cracked the window with your last statement and how I feel about chasing dreams. How I feel is I believe this, and I believe the Holy Spirit dropped this in my mind the other day. I was I was listening. I was actually on Instagram, I think, and I saw uh, a message being preached, and this thought came to me. I believe it was the Spirit. I You know, I say that because I could be wrong. But the thought was when you walk in your purpose, your dreams will chase you. So that's how I feel about chasing dreams. I believe you you cracked that window when you said God's purpose. Because if you walk in that purpose, the dreams will come. Mm -hmm. They'll come following you. They'll be, you remember I remember uh, Mr. Miles said one time, your blessings will, they will overtake you. They will come and overtake you. And I feel like it's the same way about these dreams. These dreams we have are excellent. They're wonderful. But if we walk in the purpose of what we're supposed to be doing, those are the things that are going to happen along the way. If you're doing what you're supposed, think about it. If you just think about it practically, if you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing, you can't help but get the things that's supposed to come to you, right? Mm -hmm. So when I say that to you, Justice, when I say when you walk in your purpose, the genes will chase will chase you, even in your linear thought process you, you got these dreams and, and no I don't want you to give up on those dreams I don't, I don't want you to ever let anybody make you give up on a dream unless it's unrealistic I mean let's 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 be you know sidebar folks camera put the camera on there are some things that you cannot do man we got to be honest with ourselves I am 43 years old I am not going to be an NBA basketball player anymore that dream is over, if it was ever a dream. So there are some dreams that are, not, are they are out of reach. So give up on that one, Marcellus. You know what I'm saying? If that, if you, if you, I mean, we got to be honest with ourselves too. But I don't want you, Justice, to give up on dreams. But I also don't want you to focus on chasing them because if you just focus on your purpose, God what you said earlier is going to make those dreams happen for you. Mm -hmm. He's going to bring them dreams into your life at the appropriate time. And he's going to give you, the Bible says, the desires of your heart. Right? Mm -hmm. And so purpose, you say. Well, what's that? What's purpose? What is purpose? Well, let's look at uh, Apostle Brown's definition for purpose because this is, this is a deep one. Kingdom purpose is a predetermined understanding, regulating your potential by operating to serve your eternal design. My goodness, my goodness. I need to say that one more time. Predetermined understanding, regulating your potential by operating to serve your eternal design. So the thing that that God has designed you to be, has designed the things that he's designed you to do, that's your purpose. It's, a, it's your destiny. And your potential is regulated by that purpose. See, you can get outside of that purpose and your potential be hindered. You might not be able to do the things that you, as big a things as you could do because you're operating outside of that eternal design. But when you walk in that purpose and then that 
God is 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 running the the strings of your of your puppet, so to speak, and God is the one moving you around. He's got your destiny in His hands, and He's regulating that potential to serve that eternal design. Oh man, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. What do you what do you think about that purpose? <laughs> I think um, it's. Uh you know, you, you go off and you go on your own without God involved, you know, it's risky. Like what you just said, you know, if if you got a dream and and there's a way for you to, to realize that dream, but at what cost, you know? With God, it's safe. You know, you predetermined understanding, you know, regulating your potential. It's it's your destiny. And, and God's not a crook. God's, God, God don't want you to be a crook, you know. So he's going to make things happen. He's going to uh, orchestrate it so it's all clean, it's all safe, and it's really, truly, truly what you want and, and how you want it. Mm. I, uh, I, we used to listen to songs this is when gospel rap first came back in the 90s when it first gospel came out rap is it such uh, a thing yeah we used to call it g-rap back in the day <laughs> uh before it was holy hip-hop but that's a whole different holy story hip-hop oh god uh, but there was a song and 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 i to be honest with you i can't even remember who who sang it but or who rapped it but the first line of the song was purpose is the master plan and i always that that always stuck with me purpose that's the master plan that's really what our whole life plan should be based around is that purpose because everything else is like an offshoot from that you know and uh another another song and see they the thing i like about gospel rap back then it used to be really biblically based and uh a group called soldiers for christ known as sfc they said in one of their songs uh, called phase three they said my purpose it's to deliver God. And I said, my goodness. That's, you, you don't get a greater purpose than that. So if we walk in that alone right there, my purpose is to deliver God. How does that strike you? Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess gospel rap was real deep back in the day. <laughs> now it's just like, isn't it, the whips and, and you know. Anyways, uh, but yeah, delivering God and in that delivery, so let's say truly that um, my dream is to um, be an impact in people's lives. Okay, that's a realist. That I mean, that's that's what I want to be. Um, that's what I want to do. So uh, God is looking at that and saying, okay, so how can I have Him deliver me and at the same time help people? You know. And sort of kind of politics came into that. Now, you know, there's some really nasty people in politics. You know what I mean? And, and some people say, oh, politics will change your justice. You'll, you'll, you'll change. You know, you're not going to stay the same. You want to be what? No, no, no. You're, you're going to be crooked, you know. And I just imagine, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, there are some people in the Bible that had an opportunity to go the wrong way. And, and still get what they got in God, I guess. Um, but it would have been for the wrong reasons and the wrong ways to get it. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, um, I could have been a, polit- you know, I could be a politician still. But my desire for helping people, at what cost is that? You know, and then, you know, allowing the darkness to kind of change me and rearrange so that, you know what I mean? So... Staying with God, you know, okay, I can have him do this and have him deliver me. All he has to do is abide by the the master plan. That's mm, it. That's it. That's it. And you get what you want. Mm. <laughs> Sounds simple, right? So, um, Marcellus, you know, mm-hmm. I've been talking for quite a while now, <laughs> and you've just been sitting there. Chilling. Chilling out. Uh, how do you how do you find uh, your purpose? Hmm. You know what? You, you, you the example you used. Um, you talked about politics. 
politics was something you wanted to do, right? Or maybe still want to do. A dream. Impacting the lives of people is what's the purpose, right? And so politics, because you ran for a particular office and you didn't get it. If if that was your purpose, or if you thought that was your purpose, then what? Then what? When you didn't get it, right? Mm-hmm. And that then that's how um, dreams can be. And sometimes they lead us to our purpose, though. I'll tell you like this, because we're going to get our ultimate purpose from God. And to answer your question, the ultimate way is we need to seek God, right? Um, it doesn't mean other people can't help you. Your parents, they're praying for you. They're looking out for you. They have, they hear, they hear from God for, for your life. Um, even when you're grown, um, a lot of times your parents are still hearing. They don't govern your life, but they still can hear from God for you. Your, your pastor, your leader, um, people that speak into your lives, mentors, can help you. But ultimately, it's going to come from God. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example in my life. My dream was to graduate from the University of Michigan. I had that dream ever since I was a little kid. Um, I knew that's where I wanted to go to school. I knew that's where I wanted to graduate from. You couldn't tell me nothing. Um, and so when I got in high school, when I got to the senior year, you know, I had all my ducks in a row. My grades was good. My ACT score was was good. And my counselor was like, okay, it's time to start putting your college applications up. I was like, hey, I only need one. And he was like, nah, 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 you don't need one. You're going you're gonna to put in, you're not going to put all your apples in this one dream. But that was my dream. Um, and so it was the first one I filled out. Uh, I, I filled out others. I didn't really care about them as much and put as much effort into the essays. But I got into a lot of schools, let's just say that. Um, got into a lot of schools. But when I, I was waiting on that letter from University of Michigan. So when I got that letter, the rest of them could go somewhere. Harvard University called my house. I didn't care because I got that letter from University of Michigan. Now, I'm not saying that was smart. <laughs> I'm not saying I shouldn't have, shouldn't have cared. But that that was my dream, right? And so I had this dream in my mind, and maybe it was put there by influences around me of being an engineer, I'm going to be an engineer. At the time, U of M Engineering School was ranked number three in the nation. I remember this like it was yesterday. And I was going to be an electrical engineer. I didn't know anything about electrical engineering other than they made a lot of money. And you're supposed to be good in math and science. So I was like, okay, I want to make a lot of money, and I'm good in math and science. Mm -hmm. And, boy, I tell you, when I got to U of M and I got a hold of some of them engineering classes – Lord, it was a Lord. struggle. It was a struggle, but it was my dream. So I was fighting. I was struggling. I was going through it. I was having issues with dealing with competition in there that people, parents were engineers. They knew all the lingo that I had no idea and never heard before. Um, I was dealing with feeling alone at times and being one of the few minorities in the school. There were I think at the time, University of Michigan was 7% black, African-American, and I was, there were times I was the only one in the classroom, a lot of times. And it was, it, it, was, it was a lonely feeling sometimes. And so you're dealing with all that. You're dealing with facing your first failures. That was the first time I had failed anything in school. And, man, I was just devastated. Like, it was it's just – so this is my dream dying right, right in front of me. And then my grandfather got sick, and he passed away. And this is, I'm three years into this now, right, three-plus years. And it just took me out. That was it. So I came home defeated, disgusted, busted. I didn't want to go back to school. I didn't want to do anything. I was, my dream was, was dead in my mind because that's what I was focused on. I was focused on that dream. And uh, – Took some some prayer and, and a good stern talking to by my me padre, also known as my father, and said, Oh no, you're not gonna sit around here and be no bum. Oh no. Oh no, you're not. But he what he was doing, he was cultivating that potential that was in me that he knew was greater than what I was doing sitting around. And so 
He stirred me. I got myself going again. And uh, I went to the University of Michigan Flint, Justice. But get this. I didn't get in. Now, mind you, I had been three-plus years at Unionville, Ann Arbor. Took a year off. And when I went to the University of Michigan Flint, I didn't get in right away. They said, man, your transcript's a little shaky. Them struggles I had was coming back to bite me. But at this point, my mind had been renewed. Now I was focusing on my purpose in life. I needed this as a tool to get to my purpose in life now. Now it wasn't, the dream wasn't graduating from University of Michigan. It was getting an education to further my destiny in life. And so I did what I needed to do. They said, you need to take some classes to prove to us that you've gotten your, your head together. So I took some classes at Mott. Killed them. Eight, I mean, I'm taking classes, you know, accounting, this and this. And I took a poetry class because I love poetry, man, and, and killed it. And it was just, I took a business class at my business 101. And it it was like a light bulb went off. This is it. This is this is, this was the purpose. And as soon as I'm telling you, it was like the path got clear as soon as I did that. And boom, I reapplied to the University of Michigan after uh less than a year. I got in. And I went right into the business path. And when I tell you the A's followed, A after A. I, I remember getting a, getting a, uh, A minus and went in and argued with my teacher because I, I felt like you did me wrong. You know, because I, everything started lining up. And it was like, it wasn't until I sat back after I graduated. Now, mind you, I graduated with honors at the top of my class to the point where they gave me Amazing Blue Award, which is the top award that they give at University of Michigan. And I sat back, Justice, and I said, wait a minute. That was my dream, to graduate from you. I just didn't know that University of Michigan Flint was the same. It, it, that was still the dream. And it was God had allowed me to get that dream after I figured out the purpose. And it was, like I said, my dad kind of kicked me in gear. But when I prayed and I got myself lined up with God, and it was just like things started lining up. And this is what I mean. And I know that was kind of a long-winded explanation of the question you asked, but when you find a purpose, it's going to come from God. But those dreams, they get delivered right with it. And they remember, like I told you, they'll chase you. They'll overtake you. I didn't even realize that I was living that dream until after, and I thought about it. And I'm like, man, that was it. And then I went back to University of Michigan and got another degree, you know. And it was just like, I mean, it was it was just, I mean, everything was just lying. I graduated again with honors. And I didn't get smarter, I don't think. I got certainly more wise. But what I did was I got more focused on the right thing. And that was that purpose. And that's what we want to conclude with today, Justice. I want to I want to kind of just talk to you about purpose and, and walking in that, using a biblical account that we're all familiar with, most of us out here watching. If you're not or listening, um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of run through it for you. But I asked you a while ago, Justice, mm-hmm. I asked you a question, so I'm going to go back to it again. I asked you, how would you describe Joseph? And when I'm talking about Joseph, folks, I'm not talking about Jesus' daddy, uh, Joseph. I'm talking about Joseph, son of Jacob, also known as Israel, and Rachel. What did, Do you remember what you said when I asked you that question? I do. I do. You want me to say that? Yeah, I want you to tell the people you what you said. Look dumb? For the no, I don't want you to look dumb. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, it was a straightforward question. You asked me, what do you think about Jacob? I said, well. Joseph. I'm sorry, Joseph, not Jacob. Although I could sit here and say what I think about Jacob. <laughs> but uh, what do I think about J- Joseph? And uh, I think most people would answer Joseph was a dreamer. He had many dreams. Dreamer or, at the very least, a dream interpreter, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, this was, that. remember I told you I was watching Instagram, and this is what, 
I had heard and I heard a minister talking about this and it just clicked and I had to go back and and read this account for myself because I probably would have said the same thing. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we're not going to read it to you, but the account of Joseph's life is is goes from Genesis chapter 30 to, to chapter 50 when he passed away. And like Justice said, many people I think would, would call him a dreamer, Justice, but in his early life, right, um, he did have a couple dreams. Mm-hmm. And here's the funny part about it. When he dreamed those dreams, he didn't interpret them. His brothers did with the first one. His father interpreted the second one. And so we look at this account and we say, well, Joseph was this dreamer. He was this if his purpose was interpreting dreams, why didn't he interpret his own dreams? Mm-hmm. Right? So I want uh, let, let's look at this as we walk through. We're just going to kind of discuss it. But look at this, Justice. During that time when he had those initial dreams, he was watching this over his brothers. Now, he was young. He wasn't, there was a bunch of kids older than him. He was the next to the youngest one. But yet, at the time, he was watching over his brothers per his father's direction and coming back and giving his father a report. So obviously, he had something inside of him um, that was administrative, maybe operational. And uh, his father kind of, you know, maybe liked him more. The Bible says he loved him more. Um, you gave him a coat of many colors, right? Mm-hmm. Now that, that that's a different discussion, y'all. We're not gonna get into should you like your kids more one more than the other. I'm about to get some parents on here to discuss that. Maybe that's another show right there. Uh, get some parents on here to, to discuss have my that. Parents on see what they say. Mm. Well, I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> but so Joseph is is having his dreams, and then his brothers interpret it, and they immediately get mad. His father interprets the second one, and immediately he gets upset. And what are you saying? You know, those dreams essentially were talking about, you know, him and the sun and the moon and the stars bowing to him in servitude. And so in that journey, he had those dreams, and his brothers had went off working in the field. His father sent him out, hey, I'm going to send you to your brothers. Go check on them. See what, uh, see what they're up to. You know, let me know. Come back and let me know what's popping. And uh, Joseph went on his merry way. I just imagine him in his little coat, you know, chilling and uh, just carefree, thinking my daddy loves me. And uh, his brothers saw it. They said they saw, the Bible said they saw him coming from far off. I imagine that coat probably popped right in the, in the wilderness. He probably saw them colors. But uh, and you got to imagine back then that coat was probably super expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Made with, I mean, getting colored um, couldn't have been easy back in those, in those days, right? It took a lot of work to get different colors, right? So it was it was probably a lot of work, cost a lot of money, and so they 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 did something, Justice. What did they do? Right. So you know, I mean, I imagine if if uh, my little brother came to me with a very expensive coat on, I'd be probably really irritated. Like, hey, you ain't all that, like you think you is. Okay. So I'm not saying that I would have done what they did, which is try to kill him. You know, and then big. I was about to say big daddy, but he ain't a big daddy. Big bro, Ruben. <laughs> he ain't a big daddy. <laughs> Reuben. Not yet, at least. He not, will, he'll be not later. yet. <laughs> but uh, Big Bro said, no, we can't kill him, but we will throw him in a pit. So I don't know, you know, how they came to that <laughs> as an alternative. But, yeah, that's better than being killed in my book. So then, um, you know, they sold him uh, to his cousins as a slave. So hold on, man. Wait a minute. Whoa. So you mean to tell me this dreamer. That had this dream about the sun, the moon, 11 stars bowing to him is now a slave. Yep. Mm. Now, how <laughs> that might not strike you as strange, but that strikes me as strange because 
that doesn't seem like the right direction. Right, and it, it doesn't go really up for a while. You know what I mean? Like, it keeps, keeps going down. So, he's a slave now. It, to his cousins, like, I, I couldn't even imagine being a slave to my own cousins. But anyways, that would be torture. But anyways, uh, sorry, cousins. I love you. No, you, never mind. So, uh, cousins probably get tired of Joseph because he probably like, hey, I'm all that in a bag of chips. He probably, nah, I am all that in a bag. So, cousins sell him to a guy called Potiphar. Mm-hmm. In old Egypt. In Egypt. And uh, he's a slave still. But Potiphar saw the same thing uh, or similar to the same thing that that his father Jacob saw in him. You know, this guy is great administratively. He's great operationally. So let me tell you, I'm going to put you in charge of my house. Mm. So that's got to make him feel good. You know, like I was a slave and put in a pit. Now I'm in charge of somebody else's house. Right. So, so he uh, probably thought he made it. He probably thought he probably thought this was it. This is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. He's probably happy. He too. thought his dream was coming fulfillment. Correct. Mm. But that's not all God had planned for Joseph. Come on. So, I don't know, in God's infinite wisdom, he allowed for Potiphar's wife to literally thirst after Joseph. <laughs> she was thirsty, y'all. She was. Read your Bible. It said day mm. after day. She came after him. Day after day. Wow. And so, um, you know, one day she she like, oh, you know what? Listen, in this house, I'm Big Mama. So, <laughs> listen, you're going to have to serve Big Mama. When she says she wants you, I'm going to get you. Mm. So she tried to get physical with Joseph now. Physical. Joseph was like, get your hands off me. But she got a hold of his garment, right? And now she's like, okay, since you don't want me, then I'm going to make sure that nobody gets to have you, okay? So uh, she was real petty like that, you know. Maybe, I don't know. So she got a hold of his garment, right? And so um, she was like, Potiphar, hey, babe, this dude, he assaulted me sexually, okay? I have his garment to prove it. So Potiphar was like, dude, my wife? Joseph was probably like, you know, this is ridiculous. I didn't do anything wrong. But Joseph was sent to prison, okay? Big P. As soon as he got there, as soon this is the keeper of the prison saw the same thing that Potiphar initially saw, which was the same thing that his father initially saw, that he had these skills in this administrative. And he put him over all the other prisoners, mm-hmm. even though he just got there. Now, imagine you thought his brothers was jealous. I imagine other prisoners might have been like, hold on, man, I've been down here in this prison for a minute. He put me over it. He put me over the the the, uh, the mess hall, but now you're gonna put him over over all of us. And then um, you know, as the story progresses, as the account progresses, we know that uh, the pharaoh got upset with some of his uh, workers. He sent two of them down to the prison, and and they ended up having dreams. And I think this is where Joseph's reputation as a interpreter of dreams started, right? And so he ended up the butler and the baker. They had a dream. Similar dreams in a sense. One of them, <laughs> Joseph said, hey, in a, in a few days, you're going to be restored back to your spot. And the other one, he said, in a few days, ah, you're going to get hung. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it came to pass, as just as he said, you know, he told the butler, you know, hey, hey, man, remember me? You know, hey, when you get back to your butlership, you know, let you know, tell Pharaoh about your boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm down here. You know, I'm I'm in, you know, I'm I'm doing good things. But you think that old disrespectful, non grateful butler remembered him? Got there and forgot all about him. Two years went by, the Bible says, and Joseph remained in that prison while the butler was back in the Pharaoh. And it, it wasn't until the Pharaoh had a dream and the butler said, Oh man, that's right. I forgot to tell you, there's a guy, a young dude in the prison. When you threw me in there, Pharaoh, he interpreted my dream. He told me I was going to be back, and I was back. He told the other dudes you was going to kill him, and you killed him. And Pharaoh said, okay, bring, bring him over here. You know, let him tell me what's going on. And, uh, 
you know, so the Pharaoh told him his dream, and Joseph said, no, it's not me, this is God. And see, that was, to me, I believe this was the key here. He said, no, no, this, I'm not going to interpret this dream. This is God doing me. That let me know that that wasn't his purpose. He, that was just God using that to get him to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And he explained the dream, and the Pharaoh was like, yeah, all right, you the man. You know, you, you done told me, we following your lead. I'm put you over this land. You over everybody except me. And nobody don't move your foot a hand unless Joseph say so. And and so we're not going to belabor the whole story. But ultimately, he's in that position in Egypt now, second in command. After being thrown in the pit, sold into slavery, accused of rape, thrown into prison. Now, he's in charge gets him a wife has a couple couple sons always walk that path though of his purpose always walk that path always did the right things when it came to those he was he was a gifted administrator that was his purpose he, he was good at organizing he organized the whole country through a famine and other countries were coming because they hadn't prepared properly like he did and like he instructed everybody to do for those seven years. And so other countries were coming to, to beg for food from them, and he was able to ration it out. This, this took ingenuity. This took genius. This took much more than just being smart. This was what he was supposed to be doing. And we all know there was a re- reunion with his brothers. They didn't recognize him. But he recognized them, and then he he kind of uh, gave him some things to do so that he could get all of his brothers there, and then ultimately his his uh, father as well, and reveal himself to them. And just as when Justin and I were talking about this, he was talking about how Joseph kept crying, you know. But I, I mean, we we can understand why, right? I mean, this all these years. And your brothers, you hear your brothers, they don't know that he can understand what they're saying because he's talking to them through an interpreter. So they don't know that he can understand their language and he hears them talking about feeling guilty about what they did to him. And after, I mean, you imagine he was probably holding on to that for all these years because that was the the keystroke that started all this. And so he, he was dealing with all that and to hear them say that just... I imagine that that last heaviness just dropped away from his heart and he was able to open up his arms fully uh, to his family. But all in all, they came and just as his dream initially predicted, they came and bowed their head to him because of the position that he was in, but not because he chased that dream. Then nowhere in that did we see Joseph chasing that sun and moon and stars bowing to him. Mm -hmm. He just did what he was supposed to do. He walked in that purpose that he was supposed to walk in. And that's what really this is about, Justice. This is the start of us talking about purpose and really digging into it. And even though we have a dream or we have dreams and our dreams are important and they're vital, but if we focus on our purpose, we can be like Joseph and those dreams will find us. They'll come to pass without us feeling like we had to make them come to pass. Because sometimes, you know, if you you make your dream come true, you feel like you get some credit. And sometimes you don't give God the proper credit. Yep. And that's where we, we get in trouble sometimes. What do you think about that account of Joseph now that we went through the whole thing? I, yeah, you know, we, we've we always been taught, oh, Joseph is a dreamer and this and that. But um, We probably messed up some Sunday school lessons right there. Probably, probably. There's <laughs> some coloring books right now that's talking about him being a dreamer. But anyway, right. go ahead. But, I mean, to real, who, what kid wants to... Oh, Joseph was a great organizer. He was a great administrator. <laughs> like nobody wants that, you know. Oh, we not not truth. a little kid, but um, 
it's important though to know when you get older you know it's it's not see the thing i like about joseph is like what you said you know he he wasn't actively chasing after that dream you know he wasn't like listen i'm gonna make this happen at all costs you know what i mean i'm in this potiphar's house you know listen i need some i need i need a loan potiphar give me a loan so i can get this you know i need to start my empire you know this and that this and that he just lived his life you know he he was just going with the flow and the flow was god's plan you know leading him to eventually where he ended up in egypt but and that's a great thing to take out of this is that if you stay on the right path if we all stay on the right path our desires and our dreams they're going to come to us mm. let me tell you this though let me let me say this listen you listening i'm listening you listening see i can't be chasing mm-hmm. mrs brown oh my goodness listen i gotta go with the flow i gotta follow god's purpose for my life and when i do that at the right time because job said it in his word he said he's an on time guy he may not come when you want him to mrs brown ain't gonna come when i want her to but she gonna come right on time hallelujah well, folks Amen. that was definitely not in the script you know what time it is though it's like 10 o'clock it's past my bedtime yeah i, I know that's where that story came from but you know what justice uh we sing a song here, talk about chasing. Yep. But we don't talk about chasing dreams. We talk about chasing what? Chasing after God. Chasing after God, because that's what we need to do more and more. And, folks, that's really it. That's what we all we wanted to talk about today. Uh, we just really wanted to have that conversation with you and with each other and uh, edify each other and build each other up and build build you up as well. But keep us lifted up. Um, we appreciate all the things you you know your prayers like our video like this on spotify share the link on youtube share the spotify link with people let's get it let's 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 take it up to another level um if you're on youtube like this video hit the thumbs up and share it hit the share button hit the subscribe if you haven't subscribed already and certainly add us to your your spotify favorites if you haven't done that as well and you can reach us um real simply um, if you got a subject suggestion or you got comments or concerns, you can reach us at khmsocialmedia at gmail.com or certainly leave a comment under this video as well. Again, that's khmsocialmedia at gmail.com. Before we go, Justice, mm-hmm. one more. We Let's end it. We started it with the word. Let's end it with the word. Let's end it with the word. And this is the end of Joseph's account. The last few verses in his account. Uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 24 through 26. It says, soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath that he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and the Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. So you ask him, why why do we read that? Joseph went from slavery to being treated just like the Pharaoh. They embalmed him. They put him in a coffin in Egypt, just like he was the Pharaoh himself. And then he predicted that God would come deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And I know they were probably thinking everything was going to be smooth selling. But we know the story of Exodus and the movie, The Prince of Egypt and all that. And we know how that went down. But it just goes to show you that when you walk in that purpose, the dream is going to come. Even if it takes some rough patches to get there. Now, you guys take care. We'll see you next time. We'll talk to you again. God bless you.
hair on my tablet. Who cares? <laughs>